Thanks for listening to the High Street Young Adults Podcast. For more information and how to get connected, check out highstreet.org slash youngadults. What's up, young adults? Welcome to summer 2019. We're excited that you guys are choosing to spend some time with us, and uh, we're gonna be kicking it OG uh, in the OT, so we're going to the Old Testament all summer uh, long, and uh, we're gonna be looking at, like, is the God of the Old Testament, does he have the same character as the God of the New Testament? Is God uh, a God of consistency? And also, we're gonna be looking at how does the Old Testament point towards the story and the coming of Jesus. And so that's where we're gonna be living this summer. Uh, We're excited about it. Today we're gonna be talking about Leah. Uh, Someone in the Bible named Leah is gonna be who we're focusing on. Uh, But before we do that, I just wanna kinda tell you guys how I came across this. This is the Jesus Storybook Bible. And uh, this is something that my wife and I have been reading uh, with my daughter. Uh, she basically just eats the book because she's six months old, uh, but we read it to her. And as I was reading through this, it came across the story of Leah and Jacob. And I felt like, man, it was just incredible to me. I felt like God opened my eyes to some things that I hadn't seen in scripture before uh, as far as that goes. And so I'm excited to share that with you uh, today. And so before we get to Leah and before we get to Jacob, we need a backup and uh, we need to talk about a man named Abraham first. So I don't know if you grew up in church and maybe you heard like Father Abraham had many sons, many sons had Father Abraham. But Abraham was a guy who basically just had a unique relationship with God, where God wanted to communicate uh, with him. And God made some promises to him that, hey, your descendants, your family is going to be uh, as countless as the stars in the the sky and uh, as the grains on the seashore. And so God like had a special relationship with Abraham. And so Abraham had a son named Isaac, and then Isaac had a son named Jacob. And so Jacob was the grandson of Abraham, and he kind of lived in the same promise that Abraham did. And so we pick up on this story here where Jacob is having this uh, interaction with God as he's traveling to a new land. And this is what God says to him. This is in Genesis chapter 28. He says, uh, behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like dust of the earth and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And this next part's really important. It says this, it says, and in you, your offspring shall and in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. This is important, we're gonna come back to that in just a minute. So Jacob is traveling in this new land and what is he trying to do? So he's a young guy. He's trying to do what a lot of young men are trying to do is he's trying to meet himself a lady. He's trying to get married. So he's, he's on the prowl, he's looking, for, he's looking for a girl. And so as he's traveling in this new land, he comes across a girl named Rachel and he thinks uh, that she's fine, all right? And scripture describes Rachel as uh, beautiful in both form and in appearance. So like she was good looking and Jacob was, was into her. He was kind of crushing on her. He thought she was cute. And so Jacob 
decides to pursue this girl named Rachel. And what's interesting here is that as Jacob pursues her, her father Laban says, hey, if you'll, you know, Jacob commits, I'll work seven years for you. Like that's how much I love her. And it's not even gonna seem like any time because I want to marry uh, Rachel. But Rachel, while she was beautiful, she was the younger sister. And as custom went at that time, the older sister got married before the younger sister did. So Rachel had an older sister named Leah, and she was actually uh, described in scripture as being weak in the eyes or soft. So she either wasn't that, uh, she wasn't really that attractive like Rachel. And she had, uh, she she wasn't, uh, you know, uh, that'd be tough as the older sister, but that was the way that she was described and Jacob was not interested in pursuing her. But what happens is Jacob works this seven years and he's actually tricked into uh, marrying. He lies with uh, Leah and thinking that it's, his, uh, that it's Rachel. So he lies with Leah and so then is committed to being married to her and he, you know, and uh, he still wants Rachel though. So he's like, he's got Leah here who wasn't really wanted. He still wants Rachel. And so what does he do? He then commits to working for Laban for seven more years and he marries Rachel as well. So it's important to know here, you're like, maybe you're like, hold up, like what's, what's going on? He's got two wives then. It's important to note that throughout the Old Testament, we see that God is very honest in telling the story that there were in fact people, there were men who had multiple wives, but God never condoned this. Going back to Adam and Eve, he never had planned that this was the way things were gonna be. Marriage was intended for one man and one woman. But here we have Jacob uh, and he has two wives. And we'll see kind of where the problem comes in is that Leah was unwanted, right? She was not the person that Jacob wanted. He wanted Rachel who was beautiful in both form and appearance. And what happens is he like spites Leah because of it. And scripture actually goes on to tell us that Leah was actually hated. And we know this because God says that he knew she was hated, but because she was hated, God chose to open her womb and allowed her to have uh, some sons, which was a huge thing at this time to pass along your family line. And so here we have Leah who was unwanted, who was not like, she wasn't the cream of the crop when it comes to looks like Rachel was, and she was hated. She felt hated and was hated. God confirms that. But we see that God still chooses to use her. And what's so interesting is as she has children, her fourth boy that she has, she names him Judah, saying, this time I will praise the Lord. And what's so interesting is that out of Judah, out of Judah's family line then, comes King Solomon and King David, eventually going down the line all the way to Jesus. So it was always predicted in scripture and prophecy that, uh, Ju- that out of the Davidic line, the Messiah was gonna come. And that's who Jesus comes from. And so we actually re- see Jesus is referred to as the Lion of Judah in the book of Revelations. So, and, and Jacob, as the, the end of his life, he has his son, Uh, he has his son Judah with Leah and he says, hey, Judah, out of your tribe, like there'll be a strong lion cub that's coming. This happens at the end of Genesis as Jacob is predicting this. So we see that out of the family line, out of Leah in her unwanted state, comes the story of Jesus, that that was only possible. And I think this is, is unique here. And here's the application for this that I think we can relate to, is that Leah was unwanted and Leah felt hated. And I think it's important to note that 
we sometimes struggle with our own image and with our status like that we're there sometimes i think it's a hard time uh in our society not to be when you look at social media and you look at everything that's online it's easy to be concerned with image and status we see uh you know how many likes you get pictures of people like it's in we it's obviously something people are craving is a great image or a great status and God is not as concerned with that. God's not concerned with pomp, and he's not concerned with circumstance. He's concerned with our hearts. And so I think it's important to note that. In, in, in speaking to God being the same in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, you know where Jesus came from? that Jesus came from Nazareth. And we see in John chapter one here, which is just out of one of the gospel books chronicling Jesus's life, that in John one, what happens is Jesus is calling people to follow him. And he calls Philip to follow him. And Philip goes and gets his friend Nathaniel. He's like, hey, you, the prophecies are being fulfilled. You gotta come see this Jesus of Nazareth. And Nathaniel, like in a moment of honesty goes, what? what good could come from Nazareth? Like, that's like a dump town, nothing happens there. Nazareth was just this little tiny town that wasn't esteemed, it didn't have the pomp of other towns around, but God chose to bring the savior of the world from a lowly place like Nazareth, from a manger, right? Born into just normalcy and born into a situation of humility and God uses this story to save the world. And so we see that God isn't concerned with pomp and circumstance and all that. Think back to Leah. Like she wasn't the person that would have made sense to choose. If you were writing a movie like out of the family line of Rachel, that's where Jesus should come from. But God chooses to use Leah. And I think that's because God is not a God that's concerned with pomp and circumstance. And he's not concerned with your image. What he's concerned with is your heart. That's the type of people he uses is people whose hearts are right. And I think another point here is like, is, is this, is when you feel like Rachel, God will still use you. Have you ever felt like that? I mean, to be honest with you, I, I would be lying if I said I didn't ever get concerned about what other people thought of me. That I've, I've had times where I've walked into a room and I'm like, man, no one likes me here. I'm not sure I fit in. I don't know if this is my scene. I don't know if I can do what you've asked me to do, God. I have those moments. And I think a lot of times what Satan does is he puts that on us and we start to believe that. I think a lot of times we project that unwant and that hate onto ourselves rather than it actually being true. But there are also people, maybe you're a kid who grew up in a home where your parents didn't really care for you and you felt hated and you felt rejected and you felt unwanted, you felt like Leah. But what God says is, hey, I can still use you the same way I use Leah even when you feel unwanted, even when you feel broken and hurting, I can still use you. And just like the way he, the, he used Leah. I think it's important to note, just jumping back to the story of Jesus coming from Nazareth, is like, it doesn't matter where you've been. What, it matters, what matters is where you're going. What doesn't matter where you've been, it matters where you're going. I think a lot of times people are scared to dive back into a relationship with God or explore what that looks like because of their past or because of what they've grown up with. But I think God is a God who with open arms welcomes us to pursue him and says, I don't care where you've been, I care about where you're going. And so I think that's important to know in our society. And so we see that the character of God in both the Old Testament and the New Testament is what? It's really one of humility. 
It's really one that's not concerned with image and what the world uh, celebrates, but it's concerned with the heart. That's the God of both the Old Testament and the New Testament. He's a God of humility. He's a God of humility. And what gets in our way a lot of times from really following God the way we should is that we lack humility. So like maybe you have a relationship with Jesus. What's keeping you from going is a lack of humility. Maybe you need to give something up. Maybe you need to hand something over to God and say, no, I've tried to control that or I've continued to try to live my own way. I need to give that to you. Maybe you don't even have a relationship with Jesus. You're like, I, I wanna know what that looks like. It starts with an act of humility, of admitting to yourself that there's things in my life that I can't fix on my own. I need some help that I can't just create on my own. I need something more. I wanna live for something greater, but I don't know what that is. And an act of humility, beginning a relationship with Jesus is just that, saying, I can't do this on my own. I need a savior who's gonna help me. And that's what's awesome about the Old Testament is that in a day where it might seem irrelevant is that it still is completely relevant because what does the Old Testament do? Is it sets the stage, right? God's setting this dramatic stage for the coming of Jesus, the hope of the world. That's a hope that here at High Street, we want everybody to have because we know that it makes a difference here for the rest of your life on earth, but it makes a difference for eternity. And that's what we want for you. Hey, so thanks for joining us. And I pray that you will continue to join us this summer. We'll see you guys next week.